Welcome queen to the body love binge with me Victoria. Although we're all unique, honestly I'm no different to you. I'm just a girl who's been through some hard shit, figured out how to thrive and made it her life's mission to help others to do the same. I've beaten anorexia, bulimia, binge eating disorder and I'm a domestic abuse survivor. My intention for this podcast is to empower you with weekly episodes on all things food freedom, body love and of course juicy, yummy self-love so you can embody the healthiest and happiest version of you. Enjoy the episode my love. Hello my loves and welcome to another episode. I have a guest with me today. I have Cheryl Mayer and Cheryl describes in this podcast her own story as she has autoimmune disease and she now lives a complete pain-free life. Cheryl works with clients with chronic illnesses, giving them hope and helping them find solutions. Cheryl says it's never too late to adopt healthy habits. And Cheryl is an award-winning author, a bestseller, a health coach, and a speaker. And the reason I invited Cheryl onto the podcast was because number one, she speaks from so much passion you can see and it's clear for everyone that is in her energy that she absolutely has so much love for what she does so much passion for what she does and she fully believes and is behind everything that she shares so that's number one and number two I personally am an advocate for health and those that follow me those that have listened for a while know that I do not ever Um, recommend taking anything away. I'm all about adding healthful things into your life, adding in more vegetables, adding in exercise, getting more sleep. From a holistic standpoint, health is about way more than food. It can be about eliminating other things in your life, such as toxic people, toxic products that we're using on our skin, but not in context of removing food. So sometimes Cheryl does mention some problematic language in terms of like removing things but Cheryl isn't an expert at working with disordered eating as I am so you'll hear me um, comment on that a few times throughout the podcast but in general Cheryl is so passionate as I've said about what she does and she gives so much knowledge and wisdom and also tangible tools and action steps that we can implement going forward if we want to feel better in our bodies, if we want to work on improving our health, if we want to eat more vegetables. She talks about the gut-brain connection. She talks about how all the different color vegetables actually work all together to create um, health and happiness within our bodies. And she goes so in-depth about all of these things and the hour flew by so quickly. So if you are interested in improving your health and looking at it through a lens of adding things into your diet that are going to be healthful, then this episode is absolutely for you. I really enjoyed having Cheryl on. I really enjoyed our conversation. And so I hope you do as well. Cheryl, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being here. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Oh, me too. So let's dive straight in first with the 10 quick fire questions. So are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Number one, sweet or savory? Um, it, for years with sweet, it has become savory because I've detoxed off sugar and it's made all the difference in the world. Interesting. Number two, early bird or night owl? Um, used to be a neither. <laughs> now I'm definitely <laughs> an early bird. I get up quite early. It's my most productive time. Number three, do you have a favorite season of the year? No, because I live part-time in California and part-time in Sedona, Arizona. And so <laughs> we have really spectacular weather all year round. I, I, if I was on the East Coast, I would tell you fall because I love when the leaves change. But in LA, they only kind of change. So I'm really blessed because I have sensational weather all year round. The sunshine, all the vitamin D, which I'm sure we're going to go into. <laughs> Yeah, and it, it makes a difference because it helps my vitamin D, it helps my mood, it helps everything to live where I live. Wow. So, 
Okay, number four, what word do you use the most if you're aware of it? So, <laughs> as I'm talking, I'll explain something then go, so, and segue into what I meant. I think mine's the same. I think I use so a lot, especially when recording podcasts and things like that. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And you, you don't hear yourself saying it until you listen to yourself. <laughs> exactly. Okay, number five, what's your biggest fear? I don't know. One of the, I'm 73 now. And one of the great things about growing older is that I have ditched most of my fear. I was probably in my mid 50s when I figured out that the only person keeping me from doing what I wanted to do was me. And that why the heck was I so afraid of things? I was just going to go jump off the cliff. I always had partners in business, but I always did all the work. And in my 50s, finally, I jumped off the cliff by myself. And it was so much fun to be able to run my business completely the way I wanted to and to take care of my employees and my customers in the way that I felt was necessary. So there isn't very much fear left in me. I'm kind of a feel the fear and do it anyway person now. Oh, I love that. And thank you for being so authentic with sharing because hopefully I'm almost 35 and I would like to say I face my fears, but sometimes fear keeps me small. So if I just keep going, keep doing the work, hopefully I'll be at your stage at your age where it doesn't really affect me anymore. Right, right. I read an old book by Wayne Dreyer called The Erroneous Zones. And he talks about fear being one of those emotions that does absolutely nothing for us. So you have to ditch it along yeah. with some of the other things that hold us back because you can make whatever difference you want to make for your life and for your world. Mm -hmm. And that takes you being fearless. Yes, absolutely. So. Oh, wow. That's already deep. Okay. Number six, what are you most proud of in your life? Um, I come from retail originally, and they would tell you that if it's not something incredibly recent, then it doesn't count. But I'm proud of a lot of things since I got sick because it changed my entire world. The best thing that ever happened to me was getting autoimmune disease wow. because it made me take control of my entire life. I couldn't get out of bed. I had no choice. I had my own business. I was taking care of everybody but me. I had to take care of me. And allopathic medicine told me it was all in my head and I knew it wasn't. So I literally dug in, fell into the functional community, which was a blessing, listened to 19 symposiums with at least 20 doctors on each one, talking about how they became functional because they got sick and couldn't help themselves, and started making notes and researching. And five years later, I had gone from not being able to function at all, being completely out of balance, to having no pain. Wow from changing my lifestyle, from changing my diet, from moving, from getting enough sleep, from building a healthy community. I was in a toxic relationship, mm. which I got out of. And I actually went online and looked for someone to go on a get well journey with me and found my perfect partner who I married six years ago. So everything about my life is different than the day that I couldn't get out of bed. And that's wow. the thing I'm most proud of. And now I'm, now I'm proud that I'm sharing it. I'm writing classes, I'm doing podcasts, I've written two award-winning books. So, but that was, that was the either do or die moment for me. I did not want a life of pain and pills. Gosh, I have so much to ask you around that and I'm gonna hold fire just three more questions and I want you to go deep into your story, but thank you for sharing and absolutely be proud of that because I'm proud of you and I don't even know you properly yet. Our souls thank know you. each other, I'm, so, I'm sure. Already. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay number seven dogs or cats um I love all animals I have since I was born I was born very allergic to them but I would run all over the neighborhood after them and we finally just got a dog and um since I became an adult I have always had cats because I've traveled the world I ended up designing jewelry for big box jewelers in the United States so I spent a lot of time out of the U.S. And so cats were easier to take care of for yes. friends. 
And I now have two beautiful little red hair twins that are two years old that oh. are oriental short hairs called um, Snap and Crackle. Oh, and they are names really, are and my husband jokes that he's pop. So, <laughs> yeah, that is a good point. Snap, Crackle, and Pop. You need three. Right. Really? And the rescue people name of named them Snap and Crackle. So John is now Pop. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> Num okay, number eight. What's your favorite food? Um, I have really gotten into enjoying all of the colors of the rainbow in whole foods. And when you start eating them and you get away from all of the, I call it crap carbonated, refined, artificial, and processed food, you get that taste buds that start to really enjoy real food. And I'm lucky because I live in California. So our farmers markets, we're the food basket of the United States. We grow all the food here. So I get food that was picked the night before when I go to the farmers market. Wow. So I'm studying right now, how long do those phytonutrients last in food that we need to feed our body so that we build a stronger immune system mm -hmm. and we stay in total balance all the time. So I really, and I cook. I make probably 90 to 95% of what we eat here because I want to control what goes in my body now because it makes a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And I think I know what you're going to say for this one, but I want to ask it anyway, because of course I want you to say what I think you're going to say. Number nine, what book do you recommend that everyone should read? <laughs> I would really love it to be my book, but I have a second book. My book is my journey, my first book, my journey of how I woke up sick and how I came to understand what I needed to do and then how I implemented it, where I researched what I found. I eliminated hundreds of toxins from my life and I completely changed how I ate. So my book is a great blueprint for anybody who wants to come back into balance. But one of the books I found along my way was written by an Aussie, and it's called um, Accidentally Overweight. And it's an incredible book, if I think about it for a minute, her name will pop to me, because she goes organ system by, she's a biochemist. She goes organ system by organ system, tells you how it's supposed to work, and when it's out of balance, why it doesn't work, and then what to do about it and then segues to the next organ system. So if you start with the liver, if you're a functional practitioner, you believe all of it works together. You cannot isolate just out the liver. Mm -hmm. So she'll explain the liver, how what you have to do about it, and then she'll immediately go to the pancreas and how those puzzle pieces fit together until you go through the whole body. And if your body isn't functionally optimally, you can't possibly come back to a natural weight. I lost 65 pounds by eating real food and putting the other pillars of health into place without dieting, mm. just by changing my lifestyle and coming back into balance. And she was my big influencer for that. Dr. Libby Weaver. I think she married somebody in New Zealand. So I think she's living currently in New Zealand, but she's an Aussie. Wow. Okay. I'll link, I'll ask you to send me these so then I can link them with all of your links below. That's great. Thank you. You're and welcome. the last quick fire question, what would you like people to take away from this podcast? I know we're just at the beginning, but I think it's a great question to ask at the beginning so they know what's to come. I wasn't paying any attention to my health and we have so much more power over what our body does than we give ourselves credit for. Mm -hmm. So my big takeaway is own your health. Do everything you can do that's in your power that you need no one's permission to do. And you'll be shocked. Set your goal. How do you wanna feel a year from now? Because the decisions you make today will make a huge difference in where you're going. Mm -hmm. So. Decide where you're going and then put together a plan because if you don't change, nothing changes and you control it. And it doesn't mean you don't see the doctor. It doesn't mean that he doesn't do his thing and isolate your body systems to make sure they're working correctly. But while you're doing that, start to implement eating all the right foods and moving every day and getting seven and a half hours of sleep every night and creating a community that supports you. All of those things dramatically impact your balance. And I've come to the conclusion that health is balance. I was 
girl interrupted when I got sick. Mm. So coming back to balance is your goal and you control that. Wow. Let's go into your story, Cheryl. So obviously you've shared some already, but talk to us like, how are you doing what you do now and how you help so many people? How did that come around you doing this? Um, I was a jeweler. I had my own business. I was selling all the big box jewelers in America, silver and color stone jewelry. I have always been in the color. So now it's color of food instead of color. of <laughs> So I was traveling 24 seven. There was one year I went to Asia 10 times. Whoa. And I'm on the West Coast. Most of the big customers are on the East Coast. So it wasn't unusual for me to get up at two o'clock in the morning, catch a flight, go somewhere, and sometimes even come back the same day mm. so that I could start to implement what I had put together with my customers. It was taking a very hard toll on my body, but I was running so fast. I didn't really stop to think about it. And I literally was feeling lousier and lousier all the time without stopping to think about what's making me feel this terrible that's going to eventually interrupt my life. And then I woke up one morning. I have a joke that the angels will poke me in the shoulder. And if I don't get it, they'll give me the NCIS slap on the face. And if I still don't get it, I get hit by the two by four. Well, the yes. two by four for me was I couldn't get out of bed. Every muscle and every joint in my body hurt. And I thought, okay, so maybe I had the flu. But a week later, it was the same thing. I literally could not get up and I could not function. So I went to the doctor and she ran tests four different times and came back to me and said, you know what? There's absolutely nothing wrong with you. And I said, really? That's absolutely ludicrous. And she said, well, you say you hurt, so I'm going to give you steroids. But in reality, what I want you to do is seek mental therapy. And I said, you want to know what? I'm going to research and I'm going to find out what's going wrong with my body because that cannot possibly be true. Mm. And so I dug in. And as I shared before we started, I fell into the functional community that at the time was running 19 different symposiums where all of the doctors who went to major medical schools couldn't help themselves or someone they loved with the medicine that they learned in medical school. And I started making notes. What was leaky gut? What was toxic load? And then I started researching those things. And flash forward five years later, I had eliminated hundreds of toxins in my life. I had completely changed how I ate, how I moved. I was in a toxic relationship that wasn't abusive, but he never really saw me for who I was. And he did not want to change his lifestyle and heaven forbid that I should dictate to him. So I even took a relationship class got online on the old fogey um, website for dating and advertised for somebody who wanted to go on a get well journey with me. And the man who answered, answered in three days and lived 10 minutes away from me here in, oh. in LA. And he had just lost his wife of 43 years to cancer. And he, he had made a list of everything I asked for on my non-negotiable list. And he said, if you give me a chance, I'm probably the nicest guy you'll ever meet. But I'll tell you in all honesty, I've been the caretaker for my wife for the last five years. So I've gained a lot of weight. So I would love to go on a get well journey with you. Well, he is the nicest man I ever met. He's a statistician. He produces my podcasts. He edited my books. He is my partner in everything I do. And his number one goal is to make me happy. Never had that before. Oh. So um, you got to get rid of all the toxicity, no matter what form it's in. And then you have to own your own health. In the end, five years down the road, I found my own functional doctor. And she didn't run one test that my allopathic doctor ran. And as an example, she ran, my allopathic doctor ran my thyroid from here to here. She ran from here down to my adrenals. That's mm -hmm. where I was broken. So everything that she looked at, we were like on a treasure hunt. But wow. she, although she went to Yale Medical School, her first solution is always holistic. So I knew she was my girl. I drive an hour to see her. She is worth her weight in gold. And together, I no longer have any pain at all. She can't get over how much energy I have. I feel better at 73 than I did in my 50s. I love your energy. Like, I have good energy. And I know I have high vibe energy. And of course, I attract high vibe people to me. And you and I attracted each other to each other. 
And I love how energetic you are. And it's not about age, but I think some people get older and because they, in their mind, think they're old, their body then responds to their thinking of old and therefore manifests as old. And I'm a boomer and boomers seem to think that there's a magic pill. Mm -hmm. And guess what? The magic pill does not exist. No. Pharmaceuticals can mitigate symptoms and we all need them. And there's no reason not to talk to your doctor, but oh, make it a partnership. But a pill will not cure you. No, you it's can just do a, it things just, that can cure you. It just like covers the symptoms. Right. It mitigates the symptoms. That's all it does. So when you go on a pill, you need to research what's that pill going to do to you. And then you need to have the conversation. I'm going to take this pill, but what do I need to do to get back off of it? Yeah. And that's how your focus has to stay on yourself. What you talk a lot about the gut brain connection. Can you go into that? Like for those of us that don't know what that means, like what is it and how can we use that knowledge in our lives to benefit our health? And it's a growing area. So I'm going to start with where I was and what they're discovering about it now, because there's going to be a lot of discoveries in the next 10 years about the gut. The gut is the seat of your health. How goes the gut is how your health goes. And there's something called leaky gut. Mm -hmm. If you have tremendous stress, if you're eating tons of sugar, if you're eating things that have been sprayed with pesticides and herbicides, all those things stop you from properly digesting your food. And your gut is only one cell thick, your gut wall. That one sort of threw me for a loop. So if food is the wrong size, it starts pushing up against the wall of your gut and it will eventually rip a little hole in it, which is why it's called leaky gut. Then mm -hmm. when that food particle goes into your blood, your body does what it's supposed to do. It screams foreigner and it starts to attack it. And what it does is your body starts to mimic wherever you're weak and assign it to that food particle. So your immune system starts to attack where you're weak. For me, it was my muscles and my joints. For somebody else, it might be their thyroid and become Hashimoto's or Graves' disease. For someone else, it could become their brain and become Alzheimer's or any kind of dementia or damper down all your hormones that are your feel-good hormones. It could be your lower gut. It can be anywhere in your body that you're weak, that that little food particle creates havoc with your immune system. Mm -hmm. And so you have to heal your leaky gut. There is an immediate connection from your gut up the vagus nerve to your brain. And the new information is you are what you eat. I think most people understand that but your gut bacteria are what you eat too. Mm. So if you're eating crap, which is carbonated, refined, artificial processed stuff. Which I have a problem with the language with that only because of what this, what I teach stands for. I understand what you're saying, but labeling it crap seems like it's bad. And whether it's good for your health or not, in terms of eating disorder recovery, it's not helpful to let, I'm not, this, this is your language, no, no, no. you're not, you know, yes. but just yes. so my listeners can know, I'm going to let Cheryl do her thing because she's got so much knowledge, but when you hear the word crap, just let it go. So continue. <laughs> yeah. So you want to be eating whole foods yeah. and preferably, and this varies depending upon where you live in the season that you're in, preferably from a farm as close to you as possible, because fruits and vegetables start to lose some of their gifts the minute they're harvested. So the more phytonutrients you can get into your body, and when I started researching, they thought there were 6,000 of them. Then not long ago, I read there were 25,000. Now they've discovered there's 50,000 of them, and they're all gifts for the body, and we need to eat all the colors because together they get together and they have a little party in your body to create health. And you need all those phytonutrients. Older information doesn't even talk about them. They'll talk about nutrition from the food, but it's the yeah. phytonutrients that you're looking for. And the color that we eat the least of is purple, which is one of my most favorite things to eat. I think and, of aubergine when I hear purple. Right. Well, and that can be a nightshade, which might cause some trouble in your body, depending upon your sensitivities. Mm -hmm. But it's also purple cabbage. And a lot of foods come in purple that we don't even know. 
cauliflower comes in purple. Tomatoes come in purple. There's all kinds of purple foods. And what you want to do is eat all the colors, but you want to make sure that purple's in the mix. And what happens is the signal then gives you happy gut bacteria. They're having a little party. And then they send happy thoughts up to your brain and reset all your feel-good hormones, which are dopamine and GABA and oxytocin and serotonin, which they used to think was only created in the brain, which comes from your gut lining, believe it or not. 90% of it is made in your gut lining. And when you get all these hormones into balance, then you start feeling fantastic and you understand why you're eating this way and your taste buds change because they've been dampered down by all of that crud and processed food. And so your whole body shifts because you start to crave real food instead of all that other stuff. And then that just keeps promoting happy hormones, happy feelings, mood. Um, it's really kind of a, the, the body is the most incredible machine yeah. that will ever exist. How can someone, so if someone's listening to this thinking, right, okay, that sounds amazing. Of course, your book is called It Feels Good to Feel Good. I mean, who doesn't want to feel good? But how can someone start to heal their gut or nourish their gut without going on some kind of diet or saying, I need to cut this out, I can't eat this? How can we add more of this into our diet? And how quickly does our gut bacteria take to change because I am if I absolutely have to take antibiotics for something it will be the absolute last resort that I will ever go to and sometimes you just need them um, yeah. I had a lot of allergies as a child and so I had antibiotics all the time so there uh, aren't very many antibiotics that work on me I am yeah. very resistant to them so I have worked with my functional doctor, there are times I still have to take them. Mm. But I also will use things like golden seal, if I have a urinary tract infection or um, oil of oregano, because sometimes yes. that will change my gut enough to help me start to heal and to kill off bad bacteria. I did something really stupid when I first started seeing my functional doctor. I went to a farm and I bought some liquid probiotic liquid that he made directly from the vegetables in his field. And I got a family of ugly dudes in my gut, unlike anything she had ever seen before. So I don't do that anymore. Now I eat real food that isn't sprayed with, uh, with pesticides and herbicides, and I foster that. But I thought I was doing a good thing, and we had a dickens of a time getting mm -hmm. the balance of my gut bacteria back after I drank that stuff. So you wanna be very cautious of what you eat. Um, we don't need the pesticides and the herbicides. I explain that in depth in my book. And I know they're being sprayed in Australia the same way they are here. And How do people everywhere. know? Like, so say if someone's in a supermarket, if they, obviously a farmer's market is the number one go-to, let's say that's not an option for them right now and they're in a supermarket, how can they know like what they're eating basically? Um, somewhat you can't, but I only buy organic. There's something called the Dirty Dozen Clean 15 yeah. that ewg.org puts out. And if it's on that dirty side, you only buy it organic in case money is limited. That's where you start. The Clean 15, you can knock yourself out. Doesn't matter. You can buy anything. I now have discovered that even the things on the Clean 15 might have as many as a dozen different toxins on them so mm -hmm. the key is where in your budget can you loosen up money so that you can buy organic because mm -hmm. by eating organic when you start to feel really good then it's really worth it that you continue with that and you continue to buy organic and you want to eat all the colors because they need each other there's a synergy that happens for health and for mood and so just and, and food quality matters. Whether you're taking a supplement or you're eating food, you're worth it. So I was going to say that. You're, I'm so glad you've said that because I'm feeling into the resistance of maybe some listeners because this was the old me. I would say things like, oh, well, you know, it's too expensive, blah, blah, blah. But actually for, this, for the small difference that it could be, I'm worth that because I care about my body and my health. And so 
I'm going to choose organic wherever possible. I'm going to choose to cook from scratch wherever possible, as long as I'm enjoying my food. Because what I ask myself when I eat Cheryl from healing from all these eating disorders is, is it nourishing and is it pleasurable? I don't eat something that isn't pleasurable to me because that's a big, a big deal for me. It needs to be pleasurable. I love vegetables. I just don't like steamed vegetables by themselves. So I'll have them like in stuff, like with a tomato base or something. Or roast them. Roasted with honey and olive oil. Yeah. Or with garlic and onion, organic powder on them. And, and I use ghee because I'm dairy sensitive and the ghee has all the solids taken out of all it. The ghee, but yeah. I toss them in ghee. And then I either make them sweet or savory. I might add cinnamon to them, mm. or I might add a little honey to them, or I add garlic and onion powder to them. And then you roast them. And that brings out a whole depth of flavor that is never going to happen when you steam a vegetable. Yeah. And it's, it, it takes moments. It's not that hard. We're, we're, we are into the chemicals that are in processed food and we're into the convenience of processed food but by cooking and finding pleasurable ways to do it so that it tastes good it, it's a whole new thing and you'll start to crave real food that's yeah. the amazing thing if i don't eat salads for several nights my body starts to go hey feed me feed me the good stuff i don't want to eat that stuff anymore it it talks to me i have a conversation every morning in the mirror Good morning, buddy. How do you feel today? Oh, I love that. And if I'm not feeling optimal, I'm like a little computer that goes through, what did I do yesterday that is making me have brain fog or making me be a little depressed today? I go through and then I adjust immediately with mm. all the good foods that will make the difference to bring me back to maximum. Oh, I love that. And if someone, if an alien was to come down from space and to say to you, Cheryl, what does holistic health mean? Because obviously health isn't, food is a huge part of health, but it's not only. Yeah, the no, health. there's lots of pillars. It's even laughter. It's that yeah. simple. If you are not feeling right, go look at yourself in the mirror and start to laugh. <laughs> it is literally impossible not to feel your mood lift because you're being silly. Make faces at yourself and laugh. That will make a huge difference in how you feel right in that moment in time. Um, it's how you move. We have to move. If yes. we're just sitting in front of our computer all the time, that's not going to work. It's so it's not, and, and it's who you surround yourself. Do you know what the blue um, zone project is? Nice. It's a National Geographic project where Dave Butner went to five areas in the world where people live the longest. And he oh. came up with 20 things that are in common for all five zones. They're called the blue zones. He has now spread that out to 19 more areas, two of which are in the United States. One's in Manhattan Beach, California, and one's in Minneapolis, where the whole city actually made it easier to move around in, in really terrible weather so that the community could do the whole program. But he's concluded that the number one most important thing for health is community. Yes. Oh, we are three degrees. We're three degrees of separation from everybody in a, who influences us and who we influence. So you need to start to build the community that supports you in the health that you want to have. Yes. I just listened to Les Brown on a podcast talking about if you go walk with a friend and they're a power walker, you walk harder. But if they're not and you are the power walker, they try to adjust to you, but you start to slow down to their pace. Yes. You need to surround yourself with people who are walking at the same pace with the same goals that you are. And you don't push them to, to do anything that you're doing. You just become the influencer that brings them towards you. Yeah, it's because it's mirror neurons, isn't it? Like, the, obviously, when we've heard all the personal development books say you are an average of the five people you spend the most time with, that's not only true because of the habits and behaviors that they do that have an influence on you. Mirror neurons, in terms of like when we're having a conversation, when you're in that person's energy, even over Zoom, my, my neurons will be trying to match your neurons. So if yours are up and mine are down or vice versa, we'll find a middle ground. So imagine if we're only 
around high vibe people all the time, we're going to be high vibe every day anyway. And we're just going to keep getting better and better. So I love that you pull more and more people into your community, which is what you want to do. Yeah, yeah, no, it makes a huge difference. But holistic to me means you own your health. Mm. You holistically can make changes to bring yourself back into balance. Mm. So if someone's listening and then maybe they have a chronic health condition or maybe they're on like medication, I mean, I'm not, I don't know much about medication, but maybe they're on medication for life or whatever it may be. Do you believe that there's a way to get to the root cause and then to heal that, whether it's absolutely through natural supplements or the food they eat or mindset work? Like, what do you think is the most powerful in healing something at the root cause? Well, I always have people start with how they're eating. If they start to eat the rainbow from a farm as close to them as possible, that's where they're going to feel the biggest change in their body. But while they're doing that, then they need my second thing was stress. My cortisol was so low when I got sick that I was almost to Addison's degree disease. And so we had to get my cortisol back up. And I have learned a series of breathing exercises that I do twice a day, they take four minutes each round, and they have reset my parasympathetic nervous system just with breathing that takes the top off my stress. We all have stress, but chronic toxic stress is the kind that's damaging. And so I stop at 10 and I stop at three and I do something called the Dr. Andrew Weil 478 breathing exercise. You can find him on YouTube doing it himself. You can do it right with him. He was the first integrative doctor. He went to Harvard Medical School knowing he never was going to just be a doctor. His mother was an acupuncturist and a massage therapist. Oh, wow. He always wanted to marry all the modalities together. Mm, And so he started the School of Integrative Medicine in Arizona that all the doctors now have gone through. And he was before functional medicine. The difference with functional medicine is, although they believe in all the holistic approaches, they start with the gut. And healing the gut through controlling stress, getting seven hours of sleep a night, eating the right foods, that's what heals the gut. And they look at the whole body, whereas an allopathic conventional doctor will say, ooh, you have a problem with your liver, so we're going to do this for your liver. Functional medicine looks at everything. And believe it or not, the number one cause of death is heart disease. And how your liver goes is how your heart goes. So you got to look at everything because all the puzzle pieces fit together. Wow, that is so interesting. And it's looking at the whole picture. Knowing I have a question around everyone's different, as you I'm sure you well know, like everyone, like, for example, my diet, I like to have a lot of carbs in there. I eat intuitively, but my body craves more like brown stuff, wholemeal stuff, whereas my fiance prefers like a higher fat diet. So knowing that everyone's different, how can someone know where to start with this? I'm guessing you can't have too many vegetables or can you have too many fibrous? I don't think you can have too. There are some people who have sensitivities Hmm. to some food groups. Um, The carciferous vegetables are what's the most healthy for the body. That's your broccoli and your cauliflower and your cabbages and your bok choys. There are people who can't handle them in huge quantities. So you have to, that's why I have the conversation in the morning, every morning. You have to know your own body. Mm. So if you've shifted and suddenly you're eating all kinds of cruciferous vegetables and they're really good for your liver and you're doing everything right, but your body's going, eh. I'm not feeling too hot. Yeah. Then you need to step back and try to figure out why is that? And one of my big ahas was I took something called a sensitivity test when I got to my functional doctor. Mm-hmm. I have always had allergies and an allergy is something like peanuts. You eat it, bam, you react, it could kill you. Well, a sensitivity is something that starts a slow burn and that slow burn creates inflammation. And I took a test for it and I had 18 foods that caused me inflammation. And by eliminating them from my diet, I had instant relief to my pain. 
And there are several companies that run them. My favorite is from a company here in the United States called Genoma Diagnostics. I would bet there's something in other areas of the world running the tests. But by finding out your body's blueprint and what's been going through your leaky gut too often that your body is attacking because it starts to become one of those little molecules that your immune system attacks too. And one of them was chicken because we went through a phase here where we weren't supposed to eat red meat because red meat wasn't good for us. So I was eating so much chicken. I thought I was going to cluck. Well, I <laughs> ate so much chicken that my body built up a sensitivity to it. No and to way. This day, I can't eat chicken. Now there's another way to find them and that's called an elimination diet. It would not have found mine because I think half of mine are herbs. I would never have found those by eliminating things. Is that a stool sample or is it like a hair sample? Like how? Um, it's, what is it? I think it's a pea sample, but it might be a stool sample. They send you a test kit. Hmm. No, it's a blood sample. You prick oh. your finger and send it in. That's really interesting. The, or there may be different ways that different companies do it. I know there's one that I can order for my clients. It's out of Seattle and it's a blood test. I'm not sure what the Genova was, which was the one that I took. I had but, a blood to test my omega-3 to omega-6 ratio. And, and that's just, huge. Just remind me what the healthiest ideal would be for that. And then it will remind me what mine was. Do you well, know? People, yeah, actually, interesting. I've been working with a supplement company and just started taking a new omega-3 pill because I thought my ratio was going to be good because I eat a lot of omega-3s but yes. still I was at 20 to, to 6. Wow. And what they want you to do is be fairly close together and I the think average American ideal 6 to 4 or something like six that. 6 to 4 correct. I think and mine the average American is like 50 to, to, yeah. to 6. I don't know. I think mine was like, my ego loves this. Like, I think mine was like in the six to four, like the really healthful range, which was interesting because what my philosophy is when working with clients, well, first of all, we need complete food freedom because you may eat a lot of processed food at the beginning, but when you diet and then you're in the binge cycle, no matter how much you don't want to eat those foods, you eat them anyway. So with the full allowance, you get over the honeymoon period. And then from a place of allowance, you can make choices. So now I choose healthy choices because I want to, not because I feel like I have to. And right. I've built my health up from there. So it just takes a few mindset shifts to choose health. Health isn't a moral issue. We don't have to, but of course we no. want to feel good. Right. It has benefits. Exactly that. So it's interesting that there's all tests that you can do to add foods in, but also to eliminate toxins. Because let's talk about eliminating toxins that aren't even in food. Because I'm oh, sure they're everywhere. I don't know. I was horrified when I started to research. And I again researched on EWG.org, which has thousands of items that they have researched and they give it a rating for toxicity. I was horrified that the cosmetic, that the makeup I was using on my skin was very expensive in French and was a nine on a 10 point scale. <gasps> I was literally poisoning my body right through my largest organ, which was my skin. The most toxic thing in your house are those little pods you wash your clothes and your dishes with. If a toddler was to bite into one of those, you might not even be able to get them to emergency. That's how toxic they are. Really? And so I started finding products that went from nine down to, to one or two zero. I found an amazing cleaning supply called Branch Basics that is a one on the EWG scale. And it's a uh, enzyme from plants that will clean anything. I use it to clean my toilets, my dishes. I do my laundry in it. It's this amazing thing that you have to remember too, if you're using toxic detergents or toxic dryer sheets or toxic cosmetics, the toxic things you're washing your clothes with are in your clothes. Mm. So they continue to go through your skin and your skin is a two-way street. So you don't want to be poisoning yourself every day through your skin. So you and none of us will probably careful. even, why is this not, I mean, I guess I know why, because it's probably going to lead down to money, but why do we not know these things? Is it? I got angry. Why was my government allowing me to be poisoned? 
Yeah, and why? Finally, it is. It's because of money, honey. So, but I came to the conclusion. There was somebody in, in coaching. I went back to coaching school so that I could have some credentials behind what I'm doing now because my BA was in English. So I didn't think anybody would give me credibility. But it comes down to we're armies of one. And we control our own world. And if we can all join together as armies of one, the army begins to grow. I started doing this 10 years ago. I could only find one cosmetic company that had clean cosmetics. Now there's everywhere. Yeah, there's all lots of choices now. Arbon, Madeir. Like what, what ones do you recommend? I know that you're in the US, but I have a lot of US listeners. What what kind of makeup are you using? What what um body wash and those kind of things? Well, one of the companies that I found for body wash and shampoo and for bug spray and all that, they even make a whole Vaseline replacement line with avocado oil. It's Uh called Keys Pure. Um, I have an itchy head for like 25 years. Ends up it was because of the chemicals in my shampoo. So by shifting to their shampoos and their conditioners, and I use their SDF cream because it's a one on the EWG scale and sunscreens are incredibly toxic. Mm. Hawaii just banned them because it's killing all the, the sea life around their islands. So you're not allowed to use sunscreen when you're on their beaches now. Yeah, we didn't know any of those things before. So Keith, she got skin cancer. And so everything bothered her. Her body became like a little toxic alarm. Her husband was a big muck in Silicon Valley and they quit their jobs and have created this amazing line that even includes a whole product line for dogs because they're crazy about their dogs. And so they have a skin line for their dogs and all these great things. But all that stuff, all that itch is gone because I started using their products. Can our body, in terms of toxins, because I'm sure all of us, unless we have your knowledge and then choose to take action from there, I'm sure also myself included, are, are consuming toxins without realizing it. Does our body clean some of that? Like, can our body get rid of some of it naturally? Your liver is the clearing house for your body. Every single toxin that enters your body goes through your liver. If it enters from the skin, if it enters from your mouth, if it enters from your air, it all goes to the liver. So we I actually did, I think, four podcasts on the health of the liver because I don't think we give our liver enough respect. The liver does it does an incredible job for years. It gets rid of all those toxins as they're coming in until it can't. And when it can't, the first thing it does is it starts to stuff the toxins in our bones and our fat. And the problem with that is then they eventually leach back out. I was loaded with heavy toxic metals. I made a joke with my doctor that I popped out allergic to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. (laughs) And she said, I know you're making a joke, but you might have, we're gonna test for that because there was coal mining and steel production in Pittsburgh where I was born and I popped out allergic literally to Pittsburgh. My best friend lives in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. (laughs) It's been cleaned up now. I went back and a lot of that is gone but I inherited something in my DNA called MTHFR from both of my parents. It I think is the reason they both got the weird diseases that they died from, but I didn't know this then. And what it means is what goes in my body stays in my body. I don't detox. Oh. And so I don't sweat. I always thought that was weird. Well, it's because I inherited this stuff from my parents' DNA. So getting myself to get the heavy toxic metals out of my body took almost three years and four different shots at it. And then two years later, we tested and they were back because they leached out of my bones and my fat. So I had to detox again. Wow. But you have to treat your liver with respect. You have to stop eating the pesticides and the herbicides. You have to be aware of what's in the products that you're using around yourself. Even the cleaning products, they're going, you're smelling them. They're going through your skin while you're using them. And things as simple as air fresheners and perfume are toxic. You know what I'm thinking of? Oh my, I feel so sorry for my body. You know that deodorant that you put on once a week that blocks your pores so you don't sweat? I'm literally doing that right now. You don't want to do that. I'm going to stop. (laughs) 
And the other thing is when you get all the toxins out, I don't have body odor anymore. I used to have such terrible underarm body odor that I was changing all the time, trying to find something that was going to work on me. I now, when I need it, which is rare, use a clay that has essential oils in it from a woman who has MS that Mm -hmm. made her own deodorant out of self-defense and it's called Soap Willa. And I just, I I had a little mini flare because I ate some basil and my body was not happy. And for the first time I smelled body odor again. I don't get body odor because my body's clean. So I'm using her deodorant again. So if you're having an issue with that, as you start to clean up the toxins in your world and your body starts to get rid of them, you're going to see all kinds of, my hair quality is better, my uh, body odor is better. My skin looks better. You're glowing. I'm, I mean, anyone who's listened to podcasts, go and check out the YouTube because Cheryl is just glowing, literally. And, yeah, for seventy three, I don't look too bad. Oh, not at all. It's it's all in the fact that I have eliminated all these toxins, and by eliminating all of the toxins, I ditched the pain. And so, when you start to feel good it makes it also worthwhile. And I'm not willing to give that up. My second book is how do I live this way and sustain it? Because once you start to feel good, good you're not going back. And my doctor asked me to write it because she said they get that they have to get rid of the toxins. But then how do they go out to eat when they're eating different than the rest of America? How do they go to other people's houses for dinner? How have you figured this out? So my second book is I get invited to someone's house for dinner. I call them. I tell them I can't wait to come. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you. But don't feel bad because I eat weird and I'm going to bring all my own food and I'll bring plenty so that anybody can try it. But I don't want you to worry about how to cook for my idiosyncrasies of my diet. I'm coming because I want to know you. Nobody's going to say no. So you bring your own... I love how you address that with like, you're looking forward to seeing them. It's nothing they've done wrong. You're not offending them, but you choose from your own. You're sure they're a good cook, but you've learned to protect your body by cooking your own food so that you know what's in it. Yeah. And so, and, and I've learned to take enough of my own food in its own container because my dish gets eaten first because I'm still a foodie. I like to eat. And so everybody wants, nobody says, ooh, if this is healthy, I'm not going to eat it. They go, wow, this tastes great. And it's healthy. Wow. So it's just an experiment. So how can somebody who's listening to this right now think, okay, I would love to feel better. Maybe there's ways that I can improve my health, but I don't feel ready to like cut anything out and take my own dinner to my friend's house because of course that's everyone's different how can they start to change things in their lifestyle where they will start to feel better and then want to continue to keep changing now this is where it's kind of amazing it doesn't matter you just need to start Mm. it's a spiral and you just have to start somewhere and each thing you do that's healthier brings you closer to health. So for me, I started with stress and with eating real food, eating real vegetables and fruits. But maybe you don't sleep well. So you start with an emphasis on making sure you get that seventh hour of sleep. There was a study that came out, I think last year, maybe the year before out of Berkeley, how how to sleep. And they discovered that seventh hour is important because that's when the brain sweeps all the plaque out that brings dementia. Okay, now I have a good reason to sleep better. So I'm going to figure it out. Yeah, so I did a pod, I did one or two podcasts on how to sleep and all the things I gathered from the functional community that were their tips so that you can get a better night's sleep. That's and start, interestingly enough, when you get up in the morning, get outside for 15 minutes yeah. into the sun because that resets your circadian rhythm so that you sleep better at night. Yes. I also lower the temperature in the house at night because you want to be slightly cold and snuggled under the covers because that will help you sleep. Mm-hmm. But there's all kinds of things. You can drink a tea made out of banana skins that you boil them. And they, because of the potassium and the things in the banana skin, it'll knock you out. How interesting. Because I've read Sean Stevenson's book, Sleep Smarter. Have you heard of him? The- no. His- no, but... 
yeah, he does the model health show podcast and sleep smarter. That helped me profoundly. And now I'm happy to say that I I'm in bed for about eight and a half hours. My um, sleep tracker says I sleep for at least eight hours and I love my sleep and all of those things you've shared apart from the banana. I've not heard that. I do all those things to help me sleep well, because if I don't sleep well, I'm reaching for the sugary things more so than I would usually because you want the quick energy fix. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's not going to make you feel great. No. And the whole thing, your entire focus needs to be on how to come back into balance and feel terrific. Yes. And it's possible. So know that it's possible. And then put things into place that bring your body back to balance. It, and your body it, will it, tell you. And even when you read my first book, people originally, my, my beta readers went, oh my God, I can't possibly do all this. So I made a workbook so that you can write down as you read what you eventually want to do. Hmm. If you eliminate your face makeup, what are you going to replace it with? And you don't eliminate it until you're out of it. You've been using it all these years, so you're not going to eliminate it now. But when you run out of it, you want to replace it with a lower toxin item. And so that it becomes a step-by-step -step back to health. And it's not overwhelming. It doesn't break your budget. You're going to be rebuying something anyway. So step-by-step, -step, you detoxify your life. Oh, I love that, Cheryl, because the overwhelm is so it can be real, especially if you're like, right, I'm going to change all my diet. I'm going to change all. And then you probably stick to it for a week or so. And then you just go yeah, back and you get it. frozen. Yeah. And from my management days, I learned if you push somebody, they push back. So yeah. if you're trying to eliminate everything at once, your body's going to push back too, just mm -hmm. one step at a time. I love that. How could, do you work with, like share to the listeners, obviously your books, how they can be in your world. And then also, do you have clients? Do you work with um, people? Tell us all the juicy stuff. Yeah. I um, First, I started with my podcast, which is on voiceamerica.tv and it's in 80 countries. So you can go listen to my podcast and I, they're different from anybody else's. Um, we actually put little slides up above that explain information or that are visuals for what I'm talking about. And I'll take a whole subject and I won't stop until I cover all the aspects that I've researched. So I think liver is three, what your liver does, what you eat to help your liver along and what supplements you can take to make it happy and healthy. Mm. Um, depression is going to be four podcasts what the traditional approaches are, what you can eat, what vitamins and minerals you can take to support it, and then how your hormones play into your mood so that you can like immerse yourself in all my information. You give um, away so much value. I've listened to some of your podcasts and I love how you like part one, part two, part three, and you give so much value away. So thank you for that. Well, and I am still learning. So as I learn, I want to share. I just did three podcasts on the 50 different things you can start with to change your health. And I don't care where you start. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole list starting with community. I followed some of the blue zone findings so that you can hear. And I add the latest information that I've learned most recently so that you're up to date. Cause I might've done a podcast on it two years ago, yeah. but I've learned new things and I want to share them because I am constantly working on my own health. Mm. okay so podcast is first then my books are really important they've won 24 awards together Yay! so and people tell me it's like having me sitting in the living room talking to them oh, that's I wonderful. am a layman talking to them because I had no clue what I was doing when I got sick either and mm. so I go down to where I started and each step along my journey, what I learned and how I did it and what you need to know to get yourself through the next turtle. Mm. And so those two books, there's also a little desktop book on stress, which is all my little exercises that I do at 10 and three, that just, it's a little skinny book that just sits on your desk. You can pick it up. You can pull any of them. You can do any of them, but you want to let the top off with the toxic stress. And then I did a gratitude and victory journal. Because I wrote my second book in a group and none of us were giving ourselves credit for what we had accomplished. And I thought, this is ridiculous. We need to write down our victories each day so that we can 
relish in them and move forward. So I gave it to everybody for Christmas and I published it on Amazon. Aww. So then after my books, I um, am running how to detox off of processed and fast foods so that you break the addiction and the hold that those chemicals have on your body. Everyone who starts it says it's impossible. They'll never do it. They all end saying, oh my God, I feel so much better. And I don't care about that stuff anymore. So I've run five of those now and I'll run them every quarter. And I'm writing a course now on how food quality matters and everything you need to know to get the most bang for your buck. Hmm. Why it's important and what the difference is between conventional organic and GMO. And then I go right into why I want you to eat the rainbow and what all the gifts are in all those vegetables. And now I'm writing, how long do those phytonutrients last for you to get the biggest bang for your buck? And I did a whole segment on how to deal with food waste and how to create all kinds of fabulous stuff out of it. That's incredible because even... most people worry about, I, I used to have to feel like I had to eat it because otherwise then I would then waste it and I'd feel bad about it. So that's a really key point for my listeners, I think. You reuse it. Things as simple as the skin on your onion. That's where all the nutrition is. So you never throw that away. As you do each onion, you put that stuff into a baggie and you freeze it. And the next time you make a stock, you grab all those little bits of carrots and all those onion skins and garlic skins and they go in your soup pot and you get all those beautiful phytonutrients in your stock oh, I took mine away ah! <laughs> yeah I know and I, I mean I'm learning as I'm doing this and I'm having a ball doing the research because it's great fun and even how to pick the best produce mm. um, some things continue to ripen after they pick and some do not some get gassed Mm. Um, to make them the right color to fool you that it's ripe I mean we need to know these things yeah and it's it's amazing incredible souls like you who are bringing it out into the world with such passion which is what we need because unfortunately like you said I love the way you said it's the money honey it's the money honey unfortunately that's what's happening and the government I'm not just to slate the government but in general if they're making vegetables look right then we then eat them they don't really care what it's doing to us. They just care how much money we're paying for it and what profit they're going to get. And what big food has done, which is one reason why I want you to buy local and go to farmer's mm -hmm. markets, they have made decisions on what to grow according to how long it will last on the shelf. They're not looking at nutrition. No, they're not looking at anything, but they want it to be able to come from Chile to America and still look good. Yeah. Well, we're losing our diversity. Mm -hmm. and our gut bacteria need all that diversity and we're losing the flavor in our in our real food and so if you buy something that was just picked the night before you won't believe how great it tastes I had somebody who went through my food class who went to the farmer's market and she called me and she said I'm eating a cucumber oh my god <laughs> I didn't know cucumbers could taste like this wow so we don't know how food was supposed to taste because we're so far away from it now does that mean I never shop at the grocery store no but I do try to go to the farmer's market every Saturday morning so that at least I start out my, with my day and since you're spending money for quality food I want it to last as long as possible for you and so do you know if you should keep it on the counter or put it on a shelf or put it in the crisper drawer that's mm. all the kind of stuff that I'm learning yes and do you know that pink grapefruit has 10 times the phytonutrient that white grapefruit has I do yeah. now <laughs> yeah and it doesn't mean that you don't ever eat white because we want diversity even within mm. like cauliflower comes in yellow green purple and white we mm. want to eat all of them because the diversity is good for us but the biggest bang in terms of nutrition and phytonutrients is the purple wow and so, so learn. when we find it we want to buy it because that's what we want to be eating and cauliflower can be made into anything i was shocked i make a lot of things that i used to make with rice with riced cauliflower and they take on whatever flavor I give them. 
I've made it with saffron and made it into paella. I make it Italian. I make it Greek. I make it Moroccan. And it's often a company dish and they'll say, oh my God, this is cauliflower. It's, it's yummy. So because you're cooking healthy doesn't mean that you're not a foodie. I'm just a foodie with different stuff now that's mm. good for my body. I really love that because my listeners, going from my past experience, it's either diet mindset or processed food di- mindset. There's no kind of in between. See, I don't believe in dieting, period. Mm. It doesn't I believe, work. I believe in eating for your future health. Yeah, I love that. If you make choices for the health that you want 10 years from now, mm. your body takes care of itself. I dropped 65 pounds just eating real food. I did not diet. I will never die. I couldn't stand point counting and calorie counting and buying all the New York Times bestsellers and trying them and nothing was working. So I started eating real food and the weight just started to drop off. Yeah. I was going to ask you, what would you like to leave the listeners with? And you've already given so many mic drop moments, but is there anything that you would like to leave the listeners with from today? Cooking is really non-negotiable. Because you have to control what you're putting into your mouth. You get to make that choice. And when you start to make that choice and you're making nutritious choices from all the colors, I love all the colors anyway. So if you start make your meals for your eyes as well as for your body, they should be pleasurable for you to cook, to smell. They should meet all your senses. And if you start to cook and control, how you're feeding your body for your future health, your entire world changes. Mm, I love that. Thank you so much, Cheryl, for your, you have so much wisdom around this. And I honestly, listeners, please go and check out Cheryl's podcast. Everything will be linked to low, obviously. She's got so much value, so much information. And you can just pick and choose, as Cheryl says, just she doesn't care where you start. Pick and choose what feels good for you and add these things in that are going to benefit your health. I love that. Whatever it is, don't stress over what you're not doing. Just take tiny steps until you get where you're going Mm -hmm. because your body will start to reward you. And the more your body rewards you, the easier it is to take the next step. I love it. Thank you, Cheryl, so much. And thank you you for listening. And I will see you in the next one. Bye-bye. I hope this episode was everything you needed to hear today and more. If you love this podcast, then please screenshot this episode and share it to your Instagram or Facebook stories and tag me at Victoria Kleinsman so I can share you with my audience and we can get my podcast out to more women that need it. Also, I'd be super duper grateful if you could rate and review this podcast as it really does help others to find it. Thank you so, so much in advance and I'll see you on the next one.